0: Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Today, we're going to be debating two players, two running backs, and based on probably the title of the video and the thumbnail, you already know these two running backs, but if you're listening on the podcast, let's say let's keep the interest and the intrigue going a little bit. They're on the screen behind me right now if you're watching the video version. How you doing? We're going to be debating today, Austin Eckler versus Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. So we'll see what ends up happening in terms of who outperforms each other at the end of the year. I'm very interested to start this video off before I break down into it. Let me know in the comments, who do you or who would you rather have? Now to start the year, I actually had Eckler ranked about two spots ahead of Austin Eckler, as you can see kind of in the way that this lays out right now in the Supreme Draft Guide behind me, the running back profiles. And we'll dig down into each of their profiles, a little sneak peek behind the curtain of the Supreme Draft Guide to kind of do this debate or really comparison of the two make a case for both of them state what's wrong with each of them and then see which one probably has the most risk heading into this year for their overall role and as always we're going to try and relate it back to what their adps currently are which are very similar to each other hence why we're kind of looking at these players so before we get into it please do hit the like button on this video i'll give it you right there and the big old subscribe button i really do appreciate that as always if you're listening on the podcast or if you're watching on youtube and you want to go over to the podcast 50 dollar giveaway once per week to somebody who reviews the podcast the salve show on itunes sometimes Sometimes only two people review it, sometimes 10 people review it so you have like uh, anywhere from like an eight to 50 percent chance of winning 50 bucks with no money down what a gamble so there you go appreciate you all tuning into this video today kind of want to just break right down into it i will mention that we are going to be looking at the supreme draft guide today so for the player profiles rankings tiers player profiles and a bunch of different guys you'll get a little bit of a taste test of what those look like today and if you're interested in signing up for it and i don't know why you want to be you're crazy if you're not all the information to get you ahead of your league mates linked down below thanks to monkey knife fight 66 off it's only going to be ten dollars saw what it normally costs. So you can check all the information out. It's in the description, it takes a couple seconds of your time to kind of understand how to sign up for it. So with that said, let's start this first one off with our man right now, Austin Eckler. And this is what the Supreme Draft Guide looks like for the player profiles. You can see it it's kind of uh, so what it hits on is just one, a nice little picture of Austin Eckler pops up. And when you kind of load the page, he'll just slide in, you get your stats from last year, anything that I thought was an important efficiency stats, backfield competition, team additions and subtractions, and a little bit of a note on the durability and health of the player. So a snapshot, I don't want to be putting pages of information out there for these players when I really try and condense it down to what's important for you. You don't need information overload to understand fantasy football and to understand each specific player. You need very crisp, easy to understand pages like this one right here. And that's my whole goal of this draft guide. So Eckler today, right? What you're seeing out of Austin Eckler, a situation where last year in in 2019, he comes on, he breaks onto the scene, if you will. And we kind of already knew about Austin Eckler, the limited touches that he was always getting. It was always the jokes of, oh, Melvin Gordon's only getting three and a half, 3.9 yards per carry and Eckler's out they're balling out. And that was true, right? That was actually true. But then Gordon holds out for about a month of the season, realizes that I should probably come back if I want to make any money because Eckler is just absolutely tearing it up. But he ends up playing 57% of the snaps, only carries the ball 132 times because Melvin Gordon came back. He ends up going for over 550 yards and 11 total touchdowns. But the big thing, the big thing was in the receiving game. He was the most efficient running back in the receiving department, a yards per touch basis. He was number one. He was more efficient than, Yes, one Christian McCaffrey. Now he had less touches than Christian McCaffrey in this department, but he was actually the better running back in the passing game now in terms of volume stats accounting stats McCaffrey just had more volume but he was second behind McCaffrey in all these categories receptions with 92 yards with 993 and targets with 108 so absolute beast last year and it's really hard not to be pulled in and intrigued by what he did to start the season last year I mean you had Eckler starting the season off 39.4 fantasy points okay who is this melvin gordon we don't really care 154 total yards six catches in that game and he ends up going out there and scoring three touchdowns the rb2 that week and he goes for 23.3 points the rb4 then he goes for 15.8 still a top 20 rb 29.2 and 22.3 were both top 10 performances so he was the rb2 twice he had four top eight performances in the first five weeks nothing outside the top 20 until week six came when he faced a very good pittsburgh defense but then after that he continued his hot streak of 25 and a half points finishing top five so obviously obviously went absolutely ballistic last year especially to start the season off down the stretch he was still fine again number one in yards per touch with 6.9 yards per touch he was number six in fantasy points per game amongst running backs at 19.3 and he ranked 27th last year or ran behind the 27th ranked run blocking unit which is going to be better it's going to be improved this year because of what you ended up getting in the offseason from this team you ended up getting Brian Balaga from the Packers and we could look at some of the team additions and then in a trade they actually ended up getting Trey Aterna for Russell Okun which I would also say is, is probably an up upgrade there. So we'll zoom in on some of the team changes here. You can see um, and what you're getting is those two guards. So the guards are going to be big team changes for uh, Austin Eckler, for anybody who's running behind him. And yes, I think that Austin Eckler, he had 6.9 yards per touch. He was number one in that department. His true yards per carry though, not good. So he was not efficient when it came to what he was doing on the ground all that much. He ranked 34th in the NFL on the ground, running in between the tackles, even on the outside, just your true yards per carry. But when you're looking at the yards per touch, that factors in the receiving game role. And he was very, very efficient in the receiving game. Again, he had 92 receptions from, almost a 1,000 yards. He was averaging over 10 yards per touch, almost 11 yards per touch on his receptions alone. So yes, that's going to help your yards per touch number in a major way when you're doing that and you're not really a good running back on the ground. So I think a big statement for a lot of people this year is, well, Austin Eckler, now there's no Melvin Gordon. Now he's going to see a 250 touch season on the ground and still have that upside of 80 to 100 receptions. And I don't think that's the case, right? And now if you want to look at the game logs to get sort of a sense of what they were doing early on, you can say that that is the case. But they made it pretty clear last year during that time that they didn't want this. To happen. They didn't want Eckler to be taking on this huge role, similar to how the Saints have said that with having Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray, that they don't want Alvin Kamara to be a 20 to 22 touch a game type guy, especially on the ground. So to start that first month of the season off before Gordon came back, you had Eckler having 12 carries, 17 carries, nine carries, 18 carries, and then it dropped down, right? And ended up going to three, five, 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 three, 12, six, five. That's what happened when Melvin Gordon was out there and actually on the field. So the idea that there's no Melvin Gordon, so it's going to go back to what Eckler did the first month of the season when Gordon was holding out last year. I think it's a little bit of a faulty one, right? You have Justin Jackson back there for another year. He was there last year getting five, six touches a game when Gordon was out. They just drafted Joshua Kelly in the fourth round out of UCLA, as you can see right here, right above my head, one of their rookies that they're going to have this year. And I think rookie running backs out of any position are probably going to bend benefit the most tight ends always are a difficult time especially this offseason wide receivers timing with your quarterbacks would d- be difficult and quarterbacks timing with your wide receivers is going to be difficult so running backs is more instinctive but with all of that said you're going to come out here and have now Joshua Kelly battling with Justin Jackson Joshua Kelly coming up bigger than Justin Jackson but Jackson obviously has the experience and has shown some promise in this offense in small bursts and I don't think that it's just going to be the Austin Eckler show. I think that those two running backs and probably Justin Jackson to start the year we'll see if Joshua Kelly can take over I think he has the ability to are going to push for sort of the Melvin Gordon role. that and maybe a reduced Melvin Gordon role, but if that's the case, maybe you get instead of the three, five, 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 six, five touches on the ground that Eckler is getting in those weeks, maybe it's eight to ten touches on the ground. And if that's the case, now you're looking at again, 150 touch season on the ground, which is very similar to last year. And then you're banking on the efficiency of what he did in the receiving game. But hint, hint, as you can also see on the screen subtractions, there's no more Philip Rivers. The number one, maybe up there with Drew Brees right now for active quarterbacks, and maybe of even all time, checked down most heavy quarterbacks in the league. Now you go to a mobile quarterback in Tyrod Taylor, and yes, they drafted Justin Herbert in the First round. We'll see how many weeks it takes him to play. I think if Tyrod Taylor's healthy and at least winning games, and they should be competing with the defense they have and the weapons on offense, and Tyrod Taylor being a competent and I would say good quarterback, that Taylor should remain in there as a starter for at least half the season, I would say, unless something dramatic happens to him. And if that's the case, well, then you're not going to get as many touch checkdowns because you're going to see more mobility and rushing. You're probably not going to get as many just looks in general for Austin Eckler out of the backfield. So that becomes an issue. So what happens if Eckler's receptions go from 93 to now dropping to, let's just say, 77, 78? right somewhere in there he's losing 15 to 20 receptions and his rushing is only going up by maybe 10 carries and if that's the case he has not really shown too much efficiency on the ground in his career so it starts to become an issue of Eckler we're drafting this guy as a top 10 running back in a lot of spots a top two overall pick but if that's the case, if those are the numbers he's going to see, he's going to see somewhere around 220 total touches. He's honestly like a third round pick, end of the second, middle of the third round pick. So that's the case against Eckler it's just the fact that, look, you have this situation here with the backfield competition. I'll slide over. Uh, the backfield competition right now is saying that they just drafted Joshua Kelly in a year that they lost Melvin Gordon. So they're replacing him with this guy in Joshua Kelly and the combination of Justin Jackson, who did see 31 touches last year and 20% of the snaps. Now Melvin Gordon is leaving behind 162 carries, 42 receptions. So Gordon still caught a lot of balls, even though he didn't play the first month or five weeks of the season or so, nine touchdowns and 37 red zone touches. This is another big one because you've never really seen Austin Eckler taking on the red zone role as much as, especially when Melvin Gordon's out there. He's been that Leonard Fournette of the offense, the Todd Gurley, a running back who just guarantees himself touches inside the red zone. Now, Eckler's still in the field. He might be using the passing game. I mean, Eckler scored 11 touchdowns himself last year, but he did indeed score six of those 11 before Melvin Gordon came back. The second half of last year, when Gordon was hitting his stride, Austin Eckler only actually ended up scoring three Three touchdowns. So something to keep in mind there as well, that although it looks like good 11 touchdowns, he only ended up scoring three when he was kind of in this heavy committee with Melvin Gordon. Again, potentially a concern in general because he popped off for six touchdowns before Melvin Gordon even returned last year. So now we're comparing Melvin Gordon to guys like Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson, the combination of them. Melvin Gordon is a much better running back, but that's not the point here of the skill set, right? And we don't know how good Joshua Kelly will be or Justin Jackson in a future role. The point is that maybe they just don't want to use Austin Eckler in this way. And they've shown the, the reason, to want to do that in the past. And Austin Eckler this offseason has been in conversations with the the fantasy football counselor and some other guys on the fantasy footballer show. He's kind of been hinting at the salary that he got, the pay that he got, the extension that he's got. It's not top running back money. It's to do the exact same role. He has been said and quoted to say that he's going to be in the same role of being an efficient running back, but you can't guarantee yourself efficiency in this league. So it doesn't sound at least right now to me that the volume is going to increase. So although the offensive line has improved, that's good. And Melvin Gordon is out. That's good as well. I don't think that's going to change his role all that much. And number two. Now you have a, a more mobile quarterback. So if anything, I think it's going to reduce his receiving role. So for me personally, I have Kenny and Drake ranked higher. So a little bit to uh, to bury the lead there. I'll explain why I have Kenny and Drake ranked higher right now, but I'm currently going to be having Kenny and Drake ranked higher. And it's because of those factors. I don't think there's going to be a huge uptick in carries for Eckler. And I think there's actually going to be a significant downtick in receptions for Eckler. And that significant downtick can be one per game. And if it's one per game, that's 16 total on the year. And that ends up factoring in for a lot of fantasy points, even if he doesn't score a touchdown on those 16 receptions, say, he's probably on average going to have around 150 yards, 120 receiving yards or more on those. So now you're losing about 30 fantasy points right off the hop from him just in the receiving game alone because of Tyra Taylor, if that's what we want to factor in. Now we compare him to Kenyon Drake, who I currently have as my 11th overall running back in PPR formats and Nelson Eckler number 12. So this is why we're doing the quote unquote debate because they're very close here. But Kenyon Drake, 11th overall for me. Now he played in 14 total games last year, but only eight with the Cardinals. And what I want to focus on is just those eight with the Cardinals because I don't really care what he did with Miami. Literally week two of the season, they were saying, that we want to shop Kenyon Drake. And it never really picked up buzz. And then you get midway through the season and bang, he's traded to the Cardinals before a Thursday night game, where it really starts to pop off. So let's zoom in on what he started to do in 2019. and We can go from there. So in 2019 last year, again, these stats are focusing on what he did with the Cardinals. He had 124 carries and he ended up catching 27 balls. He wasn't as good of a receiver as people are giving him credit for. Now he has shown in the past with Miami that that's probably his best skill set, um, but he wasn't really that great in eight games. He only averaged about three receptions per game or so while he was with the Cardinals, but he did end up going, for eight touchdowns which helped he saw 34 targets which in those eight games was a a pretty decent amount right you're seeing a little bit over four targets per game and what he ends up going for is 124 carries 27 receptions and a grand total of a little bit over 800 yards now those final eight weeks of the season while he was with arizona he ranked fifth in rushing yards 11th in attempt second in touchdowns and second in runs of 10 yards or more those are explosive breakaway runs and his main downsides really in his whole career have been his inability to actually evade tackles he is not alvin kamara by any means he is not austin Eckler. he doesn't break tackles all that often and he doesn't evade them. Now he ran behind the 24th ranked run blocking unit last year. They did improve that in the NFL draft by taking Josh Jones in the third round. People thought that in their first round pick, they might take a an offensive lineman. And I think they were expected to until a really good defensive player was still on the board at that point. So going down and looking at what they did in the offseason and then I'll talk about some of the reasons that I actually do like um Kenyon Drake above Austin Eckler. So you can see they end up adding DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. We already know that Sal. Yes, uh, of course, right. That's going to hurt or help. I honestly just think it's going to hurt a guy in DeAndre Hopkins, but help this overall offense. It's going to take less pressure off of Christian Kirk. Larry Fitz will be Larry Fitz. I think it actually helps Kyler Murray because now you have DeAndre Hopkins, especially in the red zone. But I think Hopkins' role of 150 to 170 targets is probably going to drop into like the 130s in targets. They end up losing David Johnson. So that's a, that's a knock upwards for Kenny Drake, right? They ended up tenuring Kenyon Drake. They didn't commit him long term, though. So it tells you that they're not really that confident in him and or his abilities moving forward. But they did let David Johnson go and got rid of his uh, brutal contract because Bill O'Brien is a donkey. But anyways, Kenny Drake now is going to be the lead back in this backfield. With some competition, though. Uh, Kenny Drake is also, it's worth noting, durability wise, has not missed a game in his NFL career. He has popped up on the injury report five times the last three seasons with minor strains. But if you want to look at some of the competition here, this is where the issues start to become a little bit of a factor. You have Chase Edmonds and Eno Benjamin. Now, Eno Benjamin was a seventh round pick, likely won't be a factor. Now, normally I would say, okay, he's the third running back on this depth chart. It's not like he's battling for the fifth or fifth, fourth or fifth spot. They drafted him in the seventh round. But because of the offseason, because of the limited usage he's going to actually have to practice, he might be a cut candidate and they might just just rely on a third RB to be more of a veteran. So we'll see what happens there. I actually liked Edom Edom Benjamin coming out of the draft in the pre-draft process. Then you have Chase Edmonds, who I really have liked. Now he's going to be a second year player, a rookie last year. He had his abilities and his chances to take over. David Johnson got hurt. And David Johnson was a productive fantasy back. The first four or five weeks of the year, he's actually one of the top running back receivers in the league. So don't bury the lead and don't bury him for dead just yet. But when he got hurt, Chase Edmonds had a chance to take over. And Chase Edmonds was really good in limited sample last year. Uh, He only, the only reason that he didn't end up, up popping off more was because he ended up getting hurt. And because of that, they had to go out and make sort of a flash sale to get Kenyon Drake before a Thursday night football game. But let's look at what Chase Edmonds was doing in weeks where you ended up having uh, no David Johnson really being the main guy back there. And then David Johnson ended up getting hurt. Kenyon Drake played 10 games. Again, he was injured last year. And what you ended up getting from him was being injured from pretty much week nine to week 14. But before he got injured, he started to really come on week five. He ends up getting an ability to take on more of a workload. He gets 86 total yards on 11 touches, ends up scoring a touchdown. The RB 15 that week, seventeen point six fantasy points the next week once again the rb 15 14.7 fantasy points ends up just doing it on seven touchdowns scores a touchdown week seven against the giants a very bad defense in all accounts the secondary their run defense is the best part of their game last year if anything he goes and has a full-time workload because there's now no david johnson 29 touches 150 yards three touchdowns. He had 88 yards created, which was fantastic. The best he's had on the year by far. One of the best out of anybody on the year and five evaded tackles finishes as your RB one with 35 fantasy points. But that was the last time we saw him because the next week he only touches the ball nine times and gets injured against the New Orleans Saints. And then the week after that, we end up seeing him on Thursday night football. Kenyon Drake steps in. So I do think that Chase Edmonds is a very good running back in this backfield. I think that the downside. So if you want to talk about the upsides for Kenyon Drake and why I would have him slightly ahead of Eckler right now, mainly it's because of the downsides for Eckler. I think there's a lot Lot less and I think there's more regression and the quarterback change and all the stuff we talked about. But the upsides for Kenyon Drake right now are he can see 350 touches. He can come into this offense and see um, 80 receptions, and then you end up getting yourself 18 touches per game on the ground. And now you're a workhorse back seeing 22 to 24 receptions a game. If he continues sort of a trend of what Kenyon Drake was doing towards the end of last year, having some higher upside games, but also a little bit of consistency banked in towards the end of the year. You didn't really have it all that much, but towards the end of the year, you ended up getting from him 14 fantasy points, 7.1, 9.73. 39.6, 33.4, and 17.3. So, really, over those last six weeks of the season, even when he just started out, right? Week nine, 26.2, week 10, 10.1. So, it was always sort of consistent. Like, your worst performances were around nine or 10 fantasy points, but then you had those huge spiked weeks of 30 plus points in his back pocket. And during that time, he was just getting fed. So, let's just look at when he first broke onto the scene 19 touches, 16, 22. 15, 14, 23, 27, and 15, right? So it's sort of up and down there a little bit. If you can get closer to 20 touches per game out of this guy, yeah, you're going to see a 300 touch, 320 touch season. And that's where the upside really starts to come in. But then there's also the case that David Johnson was obviously hurt towards the until the end of the season. And then you ended up getting Chase Edmonds coming back. And once Chase Edmonds and David Johnson came back, you did see these spike weeks of 23 and 27 touches, but you also saw sort of the, the standard those final five weeks was 15 touches, 14 touches, 15 touches. So if he's only going to see 15, touches and chase edmonds is going to be out here seeing eight to ten touches well then it's a lot more of a committee than people are expecting and chase edmonds again a good running back as you can see on the screen 32.5 percent of the snaps i just told you how before his injury he was kind of in line to be the lead back in this offense and Kenyon drake might not ever have gone to arizona if indeed chase edmonds doesn't get hurt based on how he was trending again his last official start before Kenyon drake got there before injury he was the rb1 against the giants he ended up ranking sixth in the nfl in true yards per carry at 4.8 something that Kenyon drake did not do in terms of his yards per carry rate rushing for that high of a number but he was still pretty efficient 14th overall at 4.5 Yards per carry, which was also an area that Kenyon Drake was pretty decent at, just not as good as Chase Edmonds. Again, Edmonds a smaller sample, but 4.5 true yards per carry for Kenyon Drake was 14. So I think that the upsides for Kenyon Drake, in terms of if he can continue to what he did last year, right? They tenured him, he's going to have every opportunity, I would say, to be a three down back because he does have pass catching ability. I think he has the ability to go out there and see 18 to 22 touches a game and push for a 300 to 350 touch season if everything is good, if he is remaining efficient. But they have a weapon in Chase Edmonds in this backfield. And there's no doubt in my mind that Chase Edmonds you can just come out onto the field and be a third down back from week one. And then, yeah, that kind of spoils a lot of things for Kenny and Drake. But when you're comparing it to Austin Eckler, you're automatically, I think, going to have Justin Jackson and or Joshua Kelly factoring in for one to two downs per drive. And that's going to be an issue for Austin Eckler. So it really just comes down to overall touches. And if you think that Austin Eckler is going to continue to be the most efficient running back in the league, like he was last year in the receiving game, then go to it. If you don't think there's going to be a drop off from Tyra Taylor in his overall receiving game and accounting numbers for just overall receptions, yards and targets, then go back to Eckler there. But I think there is going to be drop and then when I start to compare the numbers I'm looking at a good season for Austin Eckler to be 240 touches while I'm looking at a good season for Kenyon Drake to be 320. so now you're looking at the volume numbers right if Eckler has 50 overall 150 overall touches on the ground and 75 receptions that's only 225 touches whereas I can easily see Kenyon Drake pushing for 250 carries on the ground based on the role that he was having last year in this offense and then 70 receptions is a 320 touch right so there's a there's a really good chance that Kenyon Drake if everything good happens and Austin Eckler if just a little bit of regression happens, not even have to be negative in a major way, just a little bit of regression to his touches in the receiving game. Now you're looking at a situation where Kenyon Drake's getting 80 to hundred more touches than him. So that's why I have him ranked higher right now. That is going to be the winner of this debate. If you like the way that these videos are, this player against this player in my rankings, because they're right neck and neck, I have Drake at 11th and I have right now Austin Eckler at 12th, then let me know what other players you would like to see. And let me know who the answer to this debate for you is. And let me know why as well. So you can follow me on Twitter at DFS. Appreciate you tuning into this one. Go get your Supreme Draft guy. These are the players, profiles in the supreme draft guide uh, i'm on the edit page so that's why some things are highlighting up but let me know what you think of the, the the overall look of these pages there's a bunch of them in there right now there's pages for every single rookie i would say that there's about 40 wide receiver pages in there i would say there's about 35 running back pages in there there's going to be about 12 to 15 tight end pages so check it all out as of right now there's probably about 150 or so of these player profiles that you can dive into lots of rookie ones there's a bunch of different key stats rankings tiers a top 150s player profiles So go in there. premium analysis will start or it has started right now now in august based on the time that i'm recording this thank you i appreciate you all so much like button before you go big old subscribe button in the description down below you can find out how to get this supreme drive guide for only 10 dollar ruskies 66 off thanks to monkey knife fight the sponsor in today's video so appreciate you all have a great rest of your day and i'll see you in the next one